Welcome to Invention, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Invention. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're back with part two of our exploration of the invention of microwaves. Now, in the last episode, we got uh, we got you through the 1970s or so when the microwave, of course, had actually been invented. It was invented by uh, Percy Spencer working for Raytheon in the 1940s, sort of invented by accident. He was mm-hmm. working on some radar uh, microwave methods, but in, in fact, he ended up accidentally creating the radar range, which cooks food with microwave radiation. Exactly. Yeah, he basically was working on some radar equipment and was like, oh, my candy bar has melted. Something Mm -hmm. has cooked it in my pocket. And, uh, you know, some tinkering uh, and uh, some experimentation led to the birth of the microwave oven. Uh, The technology at first, you know, people were a little hesitant. It was expensive. It was bulky. There was some confusion over what this radiation, uh, you know, aspect of it might consist of. But over time, and especially through some, uh, some, you know, relentless marketing, uh, they were able to win people over, and uh, and that's why today you will find a microwave oven just about everywhere uh, in your home, in your gas station, in your you know dormitory, mm-hmm. uh, on ships, in cars. I believe you were just looking at some microwaves uh, uh, before we came in, and you saw a, a car model that you oh. can plug into your cigarette lighter, right? Well, for kicks, I was I was googling uh, microwave cigarette lighter to see if he, <laughs> to see if Percy Spencer had ever tried to create one, right? That you could mm-hmm. light a cigarette with microwaves. I didn't find that, but I did find a microwave for truckers that you plug into the to the adapter in your truck. <laughs> uh, my my sisters once went to uh, Disney World on the on the cheap and brought a microwave oven with them so they could cook uh, hot dogs and I think you know craft cheese. Uh, like oh boy! In, in their uh, in their hotel room and presumably in their vehicle. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's like that kind of convenience that the microwave oven provides. Uh, but of course, we know that throughout the years, a lot of microwave fears and microwave panic uh, w- it was there initially, and in some ways, it did persist, even though the microwave is an extremely popular appliance. Yeah, so we're going to be talking a lot in this episode about microwave safety and just about just just you know eradicating uh, some of your perhaps still lingering fears or superstitions about the technology. Uh, but, but, but before this happens, I do want to touch on some of the misuses of microwaves and TV and film that perhaps on some level contribute to these ideas of the dangerous microwave. I think for some reason, pop culture is obsessed with perversions of the microwave oven. Yeah, in ways that don't always apply to other household gadgets. Yeah. Um, for instance, uh, the big one, of course, is the movie Gremlins. In I which, remember that. Yeah. Uh, granted, we get to see a gremlin destroyed in a blender as well. Uh-huh. Uh, and the blender is perhaps a, an invention where we look at it and we, we know that there's a certain bit of danger to it because it has rotating blades at the bottom. Uh-huh. But also a gremlin is thrown into the microwave and destroyed in there. It explodes just like it's a pat of butter that we've put in too long. Mm -hmm. I think maybe this obsession comes from the fact that the microwave energy is invisible and you can't see a fire or a heating element or anything like that. It's Mm -hmm. just coming out of this whirring object. Yeah, it's this magic box. I mean, if you don't understand uh, the the, the science involved, uh, the science, by the way, is explained in the previous episode if you need to go back and refresh. Uh, But other, other 
other places that I've enjoyed seeing the microwave used, um, on Futurama, there's a scene where uh, Leela uh, breaks the front of a microwave and then aims it uh, at uh, at Bender, the robot uh, Bender Bending Rodriguez, and just completely destroys him with the 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 raw cooking power of the microwave. <laughs> And then, of course, you will find any number of generally like less than top shelf horror movies or sometimes like outright sleazy horror movies that will utilize a microwave oven in a death. Okay, so like was there ever a slasher movie where the slasher character just used a microwave? Well, there is a 1979 film titled Microwave Massacre, but uh, it contains zero microwave murders. Wow. Uh, just to prepare everybody. And it's uh, uh, it's it's quite a stinker. Um, but, uh, you know, there are other films. I'm going to mention some, some other films you probably do not want to see, um, such as uh, the 1993 horror movie Ghost in the Shell, no relation to the legendary anime franchise. Uh, that one, I think, involves a microwave being tampered with by a, like an AI ghost, you know, uh, some sort of spirit in the uh, you know, electrical equipment, and it makes an entire room microwaved. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, there's the... Uh, there's a 2007 horror movie titled Drive Through, which is apparently about a killer clown, and uh, and then there are there are a couple of oh wait I saw that one you did I, oh. I could I didn't remember at first but yeah, yeah I've seen it oh I have I haven't seen it but I saw some stills and it looked it looked terrible um, not worth your time there's the unnecessary 2009 remake of the already unnecessary 1972 film The Last House on the Left. And then there's, uh, there's also the 1988 Lucio Fulci film, Touch of Death, uh, which features a microwave death, uh, which, which I, I watched just yesterday while researching this. Uh, and I think this one is certainly on my Lucio Fulci skip list, as much as I love many, love many of his films, mm-hmm. um, and there are many of them. He's often known for gory ways of exploring violations of the human body, and the microwave, I'm sure it had to show up at some point. Yeah, when you, when you direct that many films, the microwave is going to be used. Especially when you're so obsessed with melting people, yes. as he is. <laughs> uh, there's a, a, a number of you may be thinking of this. There's a microwave death scene in the 2010 movie Kick-Ass, which is also grisly and unnecessary. Uh, It's a standard underling murdered by a mobster scene. Uh, And I think it was probably inspired by the grisly death of Anthony Zerba's character, uh, character's death in the James Bond film License to to Kill from 1989. I don't remember. Anthony Zerba was in that? Yeah, yeah. He played an underling who's killed by the the evil drug boss. Okay. Um, In that film, he's he's put in like a pressurized... um, uh, chamber. Oh, yeah. And his okay. head explodes. Yes, I remember now. In Kick-Ass, uh, the underling is put into a walk-in microwave. <laughs> and the same thing happens. Um, yeah, it's described as Those being... Those exist. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's the thing. I, it's described as being like a, an industrial microwave oven. And yeah, I, these do not exist as far as I can tell. If you, if you know of a, mic, a walk-in microwave oven, uh, please write in and set the record straight. But I believe this is a complete uh, fictional creation. But it's not just like horror movies, melt movies and the like where you see this obsession with perversions of the microwave oven to, to damage and hurt people. Uh, like there are lots of urban legends about it too, right? The things about people putting hamsters in microwaves and stuff. Yeah, hamsters in microwaves, dogs in microwaves, and of course the big one: 
the baby in the microwave. Ugh. Yep, a grotesque urban legend uh, generally revolving around uh, – uh, you know, a deranged hippie babysitter who's whacked out on drugs. So you got you got the double here. You have the microwave panic, and you have um, uh, you know a panic about say LSD or uh, you know hippie counterculture. Uh, the idea is that the parents leave, they come back, they find that the babysitter uh, again whacked out on drugs has changed uh, a TV dinner's diaper and has has cooked the baby in a microwave. Now, according to the Straight Dope and an extensive uh, and and actually quite disturbing. City Lab um, article, uh, there, there certainly are unfortunate tales of child abuse and or death via microwave, uh, and they, but they all seem to involve mental illness rather than drugs. Uh, still, the urban legend itself lives on. You see it referenced even in things like the season one of True Detective, uh, mentioned but not depicted in that show. Folks, we're getting an urgent update from our producer, <laughs> Seth, who uh, tells us that, in fact, there is such a thing as a walk-in microwave. Oh, okay. He looked it up. He found out. He says that uh, you can have a walk-in microwave to treat lumber. Oh, okay. Well, I I stand corrected then. Um, kick-ass is redeemed. But still, the scene itself is unnecessary and grotesque. Well, I'd say don't put anything alive in the microwave, uh, yeah. even if it's a walk-in microwave. Right, right. Uh, what about what about the lobster though that we discussed in the uh, last episode? Oh well, I guess I guess I don't have an opinion on that. Percy no, no. Spencer himself, the inventor of the microwave oven, gives you a method of cooking the lobster in the microwave, and you do not trust his uh, his instincts here, his culinary instincts. Where did the uh, marshmallow in the microwave thing come from? Oh yeah, that is a that is another favorite. The exploding of um, or the, the the torture of say a microwave, or especially a peep. Um, uh, peep marshmallow around Easter time. Oh yeah, they do they like swell up real big or something. Uh, they yeah they do strange things like that. Yeah. All right. Well, one thing I think we should separate is the idea of uh, using a microwave in a way that it is not intended to be used, and that that being you know whether in in fiction or in real life, you know, sad awful stories from real life that having bad consequences versus. Microwaves representing a danger when in normal use. Yes. So let's get into discussion of microwave safety. As we already mentioned, the microwave was born into a world uh, somewhat suspicious of the word radiation. This was, after all, uh, the af- during the aftermath of the Second World War. Uh, throughout its existence, though, the microwave oven has continually been subjected you know, to a fair amount of urban legend and misinformation based uh, generally on an incomplete understanding of how a microwave works and what indeed microwave radiation actually is. So I want to turn to a paper by a John M. Osipchuk called A History of Microwave Heating Applications that I found from uh, IEEE Transactions on Microwave Theory and Techniques from 1984. Uh, and the author here, Osipchuk, talks about how there were actually a number of high-profile attacks on microwave radiation and the safety of microwave ovens, especially in their early consumer years. So I guess this would be in the late 1960s. Uh, I mean, I guess they'd been around to some degree for a couple decades at this point, but this is going to be uh, when they're first becoming really like affordable and widespread, right? Mm-hmm. So in 1968, the U.S. Congress passed the Radiation Control for Health and Safety Act, and Osipchuk argues that this law was enacted mainly in reaction to fears that color televisions were emitting harmful x-rays, but the language in the bill was made much broader and ended up raising safety implications for all kinds of radiation from electronics 
including microwaves, radio waves, and acoustic vibrations. And Osipchuk writes that this was, quote, presumably as a prudent step and not because of any practical health or safety problem involving microwave or radio frequency energy. But during this period, government bureaus and consumer safety organizations uh, coordinated in, in the, the, the following years to test and establish safety standards for microwaves, such as the maximum power density of leakage from microwave ovens that would be allowed and considered safe. Now, of course, it's not practical to make a microwave that releases no microwave – that leaks no microwaves into the surrounding area. But the question is like – at what distance is it enough microwave energy to really heat you up and burn you? Um, and in most cases, like modern microwaves are going to be very safe in, in these regards. Um, but uh, due to the fact that some older microwave ovens exceeded these established leakage limits and also due to some popular articles raising concerns about the potential dangers of microwaves, uh, Osipchuk writes that the public's perception of risk from microwave ovens actually grew somewhat in the early 1970s. And, and I want to do uh, – I want to be fair that – while I do think microwave ovens are generally extremely safe today, if you were living in the early 70s and you didn't trust that electronics manufacturers of the time were being completely forthright with you about the safety of their products, I probably wouldn't blame you, right? Mm -hmm. So one example of a microwave fear episode that took place in public uh, as documented by Osip Chuck was that in 1973, there were allegations by Consumers Union. I think this was the magazine that later became Consumer Reports. Uh, and the allegations were that microwave ovens might be a serious radiation hazard. In the same year, there were hearings before Congress in which a figure named Dr. Milton M. Zaret testified that, quote, there is a clear, present, and ever-increasing danger to the entire population of our country from exposure to the entire non-ionizing portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. And apparently among the dangers discussed were things like development of cataracts and temporary male sterility due to microwave exposure. And this actually, when I was reading about it, this knocked something loose in my head because mm -hmm. I remember now when I was a kid, some adult, I don't remember who, might have been a friend's parent or something, warned me not to stare through the window into the microwave because I would get cataracts. And I remember thinking this for a long time, like I'd stay away from the microwave while it was cooking because I didn't want to get cataracts. Huh. I remember being told not to stare through the front of, of a microwave. I don't remember if cataracts were invoked or not. Yeah. So I decided to look this up. Is there any risk of getting cataracts from a microwave? I would say the answer is technically yes, but effectively no. Uh, the risk of cataracts from microwave exposure is actually, I think, best, un best understood simply as damage to the eyes from heat. The lens of the eye is especially sensitive to heat because there is little mechanism for it to dissipate heat. It can't carry the heat absorbed away through blood flow or something, right? Uh, now, what are cataracts? Cataracts form when the lens of the eye is injured or deteriorates naturally with age, causing a breakdown of proteins that leads to clouding in this lens, the layer of the eye that should ideally be crystal clear because it's supposed to work like a lens. And that clouding, of course, makes it hard to see. 
Uh, so one cause of the clouding in the lens is repeated exposure to intense heat. This is sometimes known as glass blowers, cataracts. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this, Robert. But th- no, I haven't. Yeah, this is something I read about before, but it's not just glass blowers. It can happen to metal workers, any workers who chronically expose their eyes to powerful sources of infrared heat near the face. And this heat exposure can damage the lens and the iris over time, of course, leading to clouding of the lens and which is cataracts. So a modern, properly functioning microwave oven with standard safety features used in a normal way should not leak enough microwave radiation to cause this kind of heat damage to the eyes. I suppose there could possibly be a risk from, say, like a a bootleg microwave you made yourself or like an old, damaged, malfunctioning microwave model. Uh, I was trying to figure out how would you know if a microwave oven is damaged in a way that could possibly cause a risk of microwaves coming out and, you know, burning your eyes or something. Uh, The main problem I think you would look for would be something in the door. If like the door, the hinges, the seal are warped or damaged uh, or if it's somehow able to operate with the door open, again, it shouldn't be able to do this. There Mm -hmm. are safety features that should prevent any of this from happening. But if somehow it operates with damage to the door, not sealing or being open, you probably want to get rid of it and get a new microwave. And I guess that brings us back to also uh, the fears about male sterility. Uh, and it turns out I think these fears follow a similar pattern, actually. Uh, it's, again, a concern about heating, right? Uh, we discussed on Stuff to Blow Your Mind concerns about uh, male fertility being related to, say, heating of uh, of the testicles. Right, right like you know, immersing yourself in a hot tub, uh, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, and so Osipchuk writes that uh, scientists engaged in direct research at the time about the bioeffects of radiation fought back against Zaret's testimony in 1973. He quotes one pair of scientists named uh, Bud Appleton and Tom Eli who pointed out that, quote, jockey shorts promoted in the consumer union, that magazine that was critical of microwaves, quote, posed a far greater hazard to temporary sterility of males than microwave leakage, (laughs) Uh, which I think is a decent point of comparison. Assuming they're correct, I think they probably are there, that there's going to be more potentially threatening heating of, uh, of, of the testicles through underwear design than there is going to be from microwaves escaping from a microwave oven. Uh, And also uh, a scientist named M. Brady wrote about, quote, the humorous contrast between the warning signs proposed by the consumer union as necessary near microwave ovens and the absence of such signs when primitive man first learned to utilize the heat of fire. (laughs) But, I mean, again, it's emphasizing that the main thing that you should actually be concerned about when you – if you're seriously concerned about microwaves is heat, that they have the ability to heat water and that can damage you. You can get burned by – the heat from a microwave. But the the situations where that's going to happen are usually going to be like you heating up food in a dangerous way and then taking it out and burning yourself with it. Right, know? like heating up a cup of noodles or something in the microwave and removing it. Yeah. And, and that that's where the danger is. And yet the movie is called Microwave Massacre, not Cup of Noodles Massacre. <laughs> Um, right. But it's not or, – or another example I've seen is like the stairway in your house mm-hmm. is far more dangerous statistically uh, than the microwave oven. Like sure. exceedingly far – you know, just you look at the numbers and yet the stairway massacre is as far as I know not a thing. Right. And of course on top of this, again – Modern microwave ovens that are made by reputable companies, the kind you could buy at a store, they're generally not going to be leaking many microwaves anyway. They've got safety features. Mm-hmm. They they contain the radiation and they're not supposed to work with the door open, anything like that. So generally they are safe. 
All right, on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to continue to discuss uh, microwave safety. All right, we're back. So uh, some of the other um, you know, potential threats of microwaves that are sometimes brought up in you know, urban legends and you know, misinformation and whispers uh, online, that's the thing is like some of these are still continue uh, to make their way uh, around uh, via social media. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned not looking through the screen at cooking food, but also the idea that microwaves will destroy nutrients in your food when you nuke it. Uh, that microwaves will radiate your house, that they'll alter your DNA, and that they will ultimately give you cancer. And if you want to get into the sort of uh, conspiracy theory part of the Internet, you can find articles alleging this today. Hmm. Uh, There are plenty of great sources, though, that uh, point us in the opposite direction towards truth. Uh, For instance, electrical engineer, neuroscientist, and chief scientist of Australia, Alan Finkel, wrote a great article on this for Cosmos magazine back in 2015. And he stressed that, you know, again, one of the big things to keep in mind is that X-rays are not microwaves. Right. Microwaves are not X-rays. Now, certainly, as we've discussed on the show um, before when we did an episode on the X-ray, X-rays can be quite deadly if misused. Of course. You don't want to be exposed to any more X-rays than you absolutely have to. Right. And the early history of X-ray research is riddled with cases of radiation injury and death uh, due to close proximity and just, uh, you know, the the individuals involved often being just unaware of what the true risks were. Mm -hmm. But Finkel, you know, stresses that there's a key difference here. Uh, Quote, X-rays oscillate more than a billion times faster than microwaves, and their wavelengths are more than a billion times shorter. At these extremely short wavelengths, X-rays act like tiny bullets, and if they hit the DNA inside the nucleus of a cell, they can do permanent harm. Microwave radiation is at a much lower frequency, and the wavelength is about the length of a toothbrush, millions of times bigger than the cell nucleus. These big radio waves pass around our tiny DNA molecules without them noticing each other. So he's saying that outside uh, the oven, with the door closed, nothing is going to get to you. And even if it did, it would heat you. It would not irradiate you. Right. Uh, So uh, Finkel continues, quote, by analogy, if you were in a rowboat far from land, X-rays would be like powerful waves that could potentially capsize your boat, while microwaves would be like the rising and falling of the tide of which you would be blissfully unaware. And he points out that we have more than 25,000 research articles that have been published over the past 30 years on electromagnetic radiation at the, the frequency of microwave ovens. And they conclude that there is no evidence to confirm any adverse health consequences from exposure to a microwave oven. Again, normal exposure to a microwave oven. If you climb inside it, all bets are off. Uh, And in terms of just the effects on the food itself, microwaves have no non-thermal effects on food. So again, the the microwave oven certainly has a thermal effect on your food, and anything that heating food can do to food, uh, it can do. Uh, but yeah. anything outside of that uh, is, is, is probably going to be the, uh, the domain of, uh, of misinformation and urban legend. Yeah, I'm trying to understand the fear of lingering radiation effects on food. That, that's another thing you'll see is that there's a belief that the microwave makes food radioactive, like that if you take the food out of the microwave, the food will somehow 
retain some kind of radiation property even though it's mm-hmm. non-ionizing radiation to begin with. But like even if it were uh, ionizing radiation that it makes the food radioactive, I think this just comes from – the idea of radioactive contamination where like after a nuclear meltdown, you know, uh, mm-hmm. thing, there are like radioactive particles that can get into the environment and contaminate things. You don't want to ingest them. So that's one possibility. I think – I guess it's also possible that like uh, an object bombarded with ionizing radiation or like with neutron radiation or something can itself become radioactive. But yeah, that nothing like that happens with food inside a microwave. To come back to another thing you mentioned, the idea that, uh, you know, so you said it has no non-thermal effects on food, nothing we can really measure other than heating it up. Uh, There is a thing I've seen alleged again um, that microwaving food robs food of its nutritional value, Mm. right? That it makes food unhealthy or, or robs it of its nutrients. Does anything like that happen? I would say, again, the answer to this question is kind of like, you could say technically yes, but effectively this is not special or unique to a microwave. So the question, does the microwave make the food dangerous or unhealthy? For another good succinct explainer, uh, this one was from Scientific American from 1999. According to uh, Anuradha Prakash, the assistant professor of the Department of Food Science and Nutrition at Chapman University, there is no evidence at all that microwave food is unhealthy or detrimental to humans. But what about making it uh, – what about being – you know, just non-nutritious or nutrients destroyed by the microwave. The the true part is that heating generally does have effects on the nutritional contents of food. And to some degree, the method in which you heat food can also have some effects. But the fact that heating can destroy some nutrients in food is equally true of food heated up by all other means, including the stovetop and the oven and whatever. Uh, Vitamin C, for example, can break down in the presence of high heat. There is some evidence also that foods cooked in liquid, such as boiling in water or frying in oil, can sometimes lose a greater percent of some nutrients to the fluid than if they're cooked to the same temperature via some other method like steaming. Uh, And I think the idea here is that some nutrients can be leached out into the liquid that the food is floating in if you boil it. But the other side of this is that in some cases, microwaves actually preserve more nutrients than other cooking methods because microwaving generally takes less time than uh, than usual than you would use uh, than you would use an oven or a stovetop for to heat something to the same temperature. And these nutrients can break down as a function of time spent exposed to heat. So it varies case to case and nutrient by nutrient, but generally, no food cooked in the microwave does not generally retain any less nutritional value than food cooked in a pot on the stove or by other methods. And in some cases, it actually probably retains more nutrients. All right. On that note, we're going to take one more break, but we'll be right back. All right. We're back. All right. So we've been talking about microwave safety and microwave fears and uh, and this persistent fear throughout the years that somehow using a microwave oven could make food radioactive, which there's no evidence that it does. And it doesn't really make any sense that it could. On the point about exposing food to ionizing radiation or making food radioactive – Uh, Again, microwaves are non-ionizing radiation. Their effects are thermal. But beyond that, I I thought it would just be worth pointing out for context that 
food manufacturers actually do sometimes intentionally expose food to real ionizing radiation such as X-rays or gamma rays. Uh, they will literally bombard food we eat with X-rays on purpose and we eat it anyway. <laughs> So why would we do that? Well, there was actually a really good article about this on The Salt by Nancy Shute from 2012. Uh, I was reading it quoted a number of industry and radiation health safety experts. And so there are a couple of reasons that you might bombard food with ionizing radiation like x-rays. One is a quality control process, which is screening industrially produced food packages for metal contaminants. Mm. So in some cases, x-rays in the food industry are literally for imaging purposes, just like medical x-rays, to see inside. So imagine a metal screw somehow falls into a pecan pie. Mm. That could be really bad, right? Yeah. You know, somebody could break a tooth on that. So some food products are x-ray screened to make sure things like that don't get through to the customer. In fact, I think it was just reading about a there was a big chicken recall, I think. Yes, due, due involving to, a certain fast food restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. with uh, with fear, I don't know if anything was actually discovered, but I think there were fears that there could be like hard metal contamination of the chicken. Mhm. So that's not good. Sometimes food is x-ray screened. Uh, and uh, the amount of radiation the food is exposed to during this process is minuscule, we should say. Even though it is x-rays, the bombardment required to get the images is very short and weak. It's equivalent, uh, according to one researcher they quoted in the article, to the amount of ionizing radiation a pie would receive from the atmosphere just by sitting out in the air <laughs> for two and a half hours. So that's not too bad. Yeah, of course, the greater risk is that a hobo will steal the pie. Right, that off the window. Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Bugs Bunny will take it. Yeah. Wait, no, who takes pies? Is it Yogi Bear? What is, there's a cartooned character who takes pies off windowsills. Hmm. Uh, Seth chimes in with, with Yogi sometimes takes pies but is more picnic basket focused. Okay. Well, perhaps there's some cartoon hobo that we're just kind of half remembering, you know. <laughs> uh, another version of food exposure to ionizing radiation happens in order to sterilize food products. This would be to kill any insects, germs, or other parasites that might be living in or on the food. So this is literally – this is a heavy bombardment of ionizing radiation in order to kill things on purpose. Uh, now, normally, you could accomplish the same thing with heat, such mm -hmm. as in canning, but not all food products are good candidates for that kind of sealing and heating process. This, uh, the, the products that this happens with the most by far apparently are spices because often spices are left out in the open to dry uh, while they're being prepared for market or, or to be packaged and shipped uh, so anything can get in them basically and so they can get irradiated on their way to uh, – you know out of the factory or whatever. Oh, that makes sense. But even when exposed to deadly ionizing radiation like X-rays, you wouldn't want these rays projected on you. The food itself still does not become radioactive through this process. Uh, this reminds me of, uh, of some of the proposals for sending uh, humans on prolonged space flights to, say, Mars mm -hmm. and uh, how we could use the water and, and food for the crew uh, as a means of shielding the crew. Uh, itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, surrounding them with all this, uh, this like, biomaterial and water, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, cosmic rays coming in from uh, from the universe and from the sun. I, I don't remember which is the main concern there. Well, anyway, you'd have radiation from space hitting the spacecraft, and instead of penetrating the brains of the, uh, right. the, the crew, it would be mostly 
hitting atoms within the food and the water out there and that you could still eat this stuff and drink this water and you'd be okay. Again, if you're actually concerned with radioactive contamination of food, I think primarily the kinds of things you you should worry about would be exposure to radioactive particles, like tiny particles that are themselves highly radioactive that could possibly get into food or other substances in the event of something like a nuclear meltdown. But again, that's going to come from a nuclear meltdown. Yeah. Uh, like it's Chernobyl-style uh, event as opposed to – your worries about a microwave oven in your house. Right. Bombarding cinnamon even with x-rays does not put radioactive cesium particles into the cinnamon. Uh, And lots of major food safety organizations, including the WHO and the American FDA and all that, have investigated this and ruled it safe. And this has been for decades now. So like even the irradiation of food with real ionizing radiation, the actual deadly kind, uh, does not seem to make the food unsafe to eat. Now, I want to briefly touch on just some other avenues of of microwave research that I think are rather fascinating. Uh, And it helps us realize that microwave technology is not just about cooking our food. Right. Uh, for instance, um, there's wireless power transmission, uh, specifically microwave power transmission or MPT. Uh, this entails using mi- a microwave emitter to send energy through the air to a receiver. Uh, one avenue here is to use it to power an aircraft. Uh, MPT was first used to power a miniature helicopter in 1964 for 10 hours. Uh, MIT grad and Raytheon electrical engineer uh, William C. Brown is the principal individual here, and he continued to work on MPT throughout his uh, the rest of his career, resulting in a number of experiments that demonstrated the potential. For instance, in the 1970s, he beamed 30 kilowatts of power at 84% efficiency for one mile or 1.6 kilometers. Uh, NASA has also explored the potential uh, use of MPT uh, as a sort of power beaming uh, system for space. Uh, and, and some see it as a means of transmitting power harvested by orbital solar arrays back down to Earth. Was there a uh, power plant of this kind in SimCity 2000 where a misdirected <laughs> beam caused one of the disasters in City Mode? Um, I, I, don't, I never played that game, so I don't know. I seem to recall that. So you got like a beam receiver. Right. Uh, and uh, my memory is if it gets misdirected and sets your city on fire. Huh. Sorry, not to be alarmist. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not, we're not quite there yet. So that's, that's a future concern. Another avenue of microwave use is uh, potentially communication. Uh, now, this is a topic we we uh, did an entire episode of Stuff to Blow Your Mind on back in the day. Well, uh, so you're talking about in addition to just the normal telecommunications yes. that uses wireless frequency in all, all the time. Oh, yeah. There's that. But then the, the spicier uh, selection here that we uh, did an episode on uh, is the microwave auditory effect. Uh, we did an episode titled V2K, the microwave auditory effect. And uh, basically the idea here is that microwave waves can actually induce sounds in the human brain um, and, uh, and it can essentially be used to create something that is described as a whisper uh, by targeting the human brain. Now, I think part of what we talked about, though, also is that that true fact about the the perception of sounds induced by targeted microwaves at a, at a human head unfortunately has been taken by a lot of people as evidence that, say, the government is actually putting voices in their head, in, right. in which case I think generally what these people are dealing with is some some form of uh, auditory hallucination. Right. Uh, but then, they're, yeah, they're explaining it away by being part of some sort of conspiracy and, yeah. uh, uh, and they end up going down that rabbit hole. Um, however, um, you know, there is the potential to use microwave technology as a weapon. 
not by just breaking the front of a microwave oven uh, open and pointing at a robot, but uh, you know, as we discussed in that episode, uh, various experiments uh, concerning microwave-based weapons uh, targeting the brain have been uh, have have uh, been carried out, not merely to induce sound, but to damage the brain of the target, uh, perhaps via the microwave pulse. Uh, some uh, commentators even argue that the mysterious attacks on the U.S. embassies in Cuba and China might have been induced by such technology, though this does not seem to be the, the current scientific consensus with experts favoring sonic or even chemical sources. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten about those mysterious cases for a while. I feel, yeah. I, I want to get deep in that someday. Yeah, I think that could make for a really good episode of Stuff to Blow Your Mind. Yeah. So I think it's interesting to come back again to sort of military um, uh, potential uses of microwave technology because uh, – where the radar range began. Yeah, that's where it began. But then suddenly uh, this one particular investigator, this one particular uh, engineer noticed that uh, his candy bar had melted in his pocket and he decided to investigate further. And now that technology is in you know pretty much every household in the United States. It has become just a, a, a ubiquitous uh, piece of – of household and kitchen technology. It's the friend of the dorm room gourmand. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. Uh, many, many uh, uh, a bag of popcorn has been uh, has been cooked in one. Many a hot pocket in yeah, a little hot sleeve. Pocket. Yeah, the, the little uh, sort of foil like uh, sleeve that, uh-huh. uh, that you know adds the crisp. So, so in my own house, like so much uh, Trader Joe's Indian food has been heated up at lunchtime. I've got a specific request for you listeners out there. Write in and let us know what is the worst microwave food product you've ever come across, the worst <laughs> or the zaniest. Yeah, there, I would love, would love to hear. There's some good ones out there. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, also just how to, how, what are some ingenious ways that you use the microwave? And if you have ever actually carried out one of these large-scale um, gourmet-from-scratch style 1970s microwave recipes, uh, I would love to hear from you, especially if you have cooked a Thanksgiving turkey in a microwave all the way, no other ovens involved. Oh. Uh, I have to hear that story, and I have to know what uh, the resulting product was like. Oh, or lobster. So <laughs> have you cooked a live lobster <laughs> in your microwave? Don't do it just because the, you heard about it in this episode, but if you have done it before... Uh, I would like to hear from you. In the meantime, if you want to check out other episodes of Invention, you can find us at inventionpod.com. You can also find the show wherever you get your podcasts and wherever that is. Make sure you have subscribed and make sure you leave a nice comment and some stars. That really helps the show out. Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to get in touch with us to answer any of our queries from today or to suggest a topic for the future, you can email us at contact at inventionpod.com. Invention is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.